don't buy a car with a CVT transmission. Don't do it. I'm so shutting good. your butt down. We light the world on fire, you know. What are you watching? Children's programming. Do you remember, Matt Dixon, when I went on my famous rant about um, CVT transmissions? I remember. So we have a CVT update, a CVT watch, if you will. Um, my, my good friend, Angela, good friend of the show, Angela, uh, her, her poor Honda HRV CRV transmission has, has, uh, has CTV trans. What? It has shit the proverbial. Yes. It, it blew itself out and the car needs a new transmission. Once again, I have been proven correct. This thing is like less than 50,000 miles on it. Once again, you know, my, my genius truly knows no bounds, Matt Dixon. My, my ability to know the future, my Nostradamusness, my, I, I, I knew that a, C, a CBT was a bad idea. Yeah. But people don't listen to me. I mean, I listen to you at least uh, once a week. <laughs> Literally. I'm here listening to you. Viewers, please, I beg of you people, I don't beg of the buy a car with a CVT transmission. Don't do it. You will regret it. Listen. This will be you. Kids, you do whatever you want. Don't let this man uh, stifle your dreams. Um, <clears throat> I, my 2007 Pontiac was in the shop this morning. Yes. I needed a new radiator. It was a simple fix. It was done in a morning. I was able to pick it up, drive it home. It runs perfectly. The thing made it from Montgomery, New York to Wheeling, West Virginia on one tank of gas. And mind you, I was not holding back on the highways. Like we're talking 80, 85 miles an hour through central Pennsylvania. And it just didn't burn gas. It shifts great at 117,000 miles. I feel like I'm giving a review of a car, but everybody should go out and buy either a V6 Chevy Malibu or a V6 Pontiac G6. They're phenomenal vehicles. They, they, they do the job. These CVT cars, they don't do the job. I'd be, I'd be shitting my pants trying to drive that fucking Honda to Ohio. Any minute now, the thing's going to blow up. But it's a quality vehicle. It's made by Honda. It's not a quality vehicle. It's got a CVT in it. It's an out, That's an outlier. I mean, that's one instance. Can you give me more instances when yes, this happened? Yes, every other CVT car. Well, not the ones made by Toyota. Toyota has once again managed to figure out a way. But As they do. CVTs are garbage. Don't buy them. Do not buy them. Don't buy them. Do not. Wow. How many times do I have to say it? I can say that you did convince me to go and not buy a uh, a hybrid car right now. Well, I don't have anything against hybrid cars necessarily. I, all I said was I don't know enough about them to really make an informed decision. Well, you did tell me that I do drive a good vehicle, which is very uh, obviously very nice to get. Well, that you do. I mean, you know, they true. The lesson from my my road journey out to Ohio is they truly don't make them like they used to. You know, I mean, you get you got 2020 Honda HRVs that are shit in the bed with transmission failures at less than 50k miles. Meanwhile, my supposedly inferior General Motors product is still going strong at 
117,000 knock on wood. I've owned it for over a year and I've had, I've put probably a total of $800 into it in like yeah. repair type. Well, that's of what's stuff. nice about owning an old car is that you can always get cheap parts. Yeah. My car repairs other than tires are usually not that expensive. So. Mm -hmm. And and mind you, like she's got a warranty on this thing. So it's it's probably it's not it's it's covered. It's probably not costing an arm and a leg, but first things first is this shouldn't be happening. You shouldn't need a transmission replacement at less than fifty thousand miles. You shouldn't even need a transmission placement replacement at less than a hundred and fifty thousand miles. My car's nearing 200K and it's never needed a transmission replaced. Oh, exactly. I mean, you know, they, they truly don't make them like they used to. It's, it's a shame. The other thing that I learned on the way out to Ohio, when you cross the border, there's a sign that says, texting and driving zero tolerance next seven miles. Shouldn't the whole road be a zero tolerance texting and driving it's the, zone? It's the same idea as there being like a deer watch zone. Like yeah. There are deer at every corner of the United States. Right. Especially yeah. in the state of New Jersey and the state of New York. Exactly. I mean, can we stop the nonsense, please? Like, what are we talking about here? It did the same thing with like speed zone, you know? I also wonder like, you'll see it and it'll say like the third time texting violation, you lose your license. Yeah. Who is getting an, a second violation after the first time? Right. And well, then if you're even if you're even lucky enough that you got off twice with a warning, mm -hmm. how are you losing your? Imagine somebody who loses their license because they're texting three times. Mm -hmm. Like I think after twice you'd be like, okay, I'm an idiot. I'm not going to do this again. Right. And, and well, here's another wrinkle too. Think about this. With uh, we're talking, we've been talking about new cars shitting the bed. Let's talk about something that a lot of new cars have that is very, very strange when you think about it in a legal sense. So I I was able to meet this uh, very nice lawyer woman out there. Mm -hmm. We had a conversation about this. Texting and driving is not allowed. But if you buy a new car, it's got a giant 12-inch touchscreen in the middle of the dashboard. Correct. With Apple CarPlay and music and Spotify and all this bullshit on there, and a backup, a multiple camera angles that you can switch between, mm -hmm. and rows and rows of options that you can scroll through and settings that you can scroll through. And that's perfectly fine. I mean, I, I think the argument would be that somebody who's using that on their car probably has that little thing on their wheel where you can, you know, do it on your with your hand instead of having to literally grab it off the seat and then being distracted for that half a second. Okay, well, I have a response to that. I know what your response is going to be. What? It's going to be that, well, you're being distracted when you're going there and touching the screen. No, my response to that is if I had like the next, I have the the sport model G6, right? So if I, if I were to up to the GT, which is like the next trim level up, it has steering wheel controls. And they would work with my aftermarket radio, which would work with my phone. So I can do that too. You know what I mean? Like, yes. The, this has been around for a long time. They haven't had a, a chance to to plan this out and like you know adjust the laws accordingly. Well, how is that an excuse that you can you know? 
I guess in a roundabout way, what I was saying was what you were saying. Like, how how is it an excuse that you're you're just distracted by this instead of this? You know? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a stupid rule. I mean, yeah, most people are um, not great drivers. And the other thing is, like, the other argument I heard when I discussed this with a different friend of mine is, you know, it, the dash is further up, right? So you're you don't really have to look away from the road as much. So does that mean that if I hold my phone up here and text and drive, it's okay somehow by that same logic? Well, I think most people wouldn't do that because if, you're, if your phone's up here, you're more likely to get pulled over for using your phone. Most people are going to do it down there. Right, but doesn't that counterintuitively make it less safe? As you're saying that the dash uh, screen is less safe than a, f a cell phone? No, I'm saying that well, I'm saying that having it down here, like down by your your nuts, is like astronomically less safe than holding it up. Even though holding it up means you're more likely to get caught. This is true. It's a very strange time we live in, is it not? Yes, it is. You think about Teslas, like Teslas are the whole dash is a screen. How is that allowed? But it's not allowed for. Somebody to text, and this is not meant to be Nick Parody's endorsing texting and driving, kids. Like, don't take what I'm saying out of context and then be like, oh, Mr. Nick said it's okay to text and drive. That's not what I'm saying. I don't I'm think saying. anybody is saying that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if it's not okay to do that, it shouldn't be okay to use these big, ridiculous dash, 12-inch touchscreen dash setups with multiple camera angles. Well, that's but, like the big deal now is a car that comes with a Apple CarPlay or Android, whatever, if you're into that sort of thing. Right, which is stupid because you can just Bluetooth it. Well, yeah, if your car has a specific like Bluetooth, like you you probably have one of those older radios, but it still has Bluetooth on it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and even, so even an aux is, uh, is nice to have. Yeah. And we had that technology. You don't need Apple CarPlay. What is the big deal about Apple CarPlay? Same thing as, as owning an iPhone. It's because it's Apple. And it's people right. like the idea of it. Like, it just does not make any sense to me. I it mean, really the doesn't. Apple CarPlay is nice. It's, really, it's a really nice feature. And I wish I had a car that was uh, new enough to do it. And I probably won't until my third car. That's what I'm saying. Well, here's the thing, man. Like, from what I've seen out of poor Angela's Honda from what I've seen out of some of my friends who have gotten new cars there is no fucking way I would buy a new car no none none too many I, I have problems the, I have the same opinion so too much shit that can go wrong too much technology too yeah. much unnecessary technology mm. whether it's the touch screens whether it's the variable valve timing and the engine yeah. to make it like deactivate at certain speeds whether it's the stop start engine feature my dad's rental car for the funeral had the stop the engine stop start yeah you know like my girlfriend's car has that i'm i what was wrong with the old way what's the deal with the <laughs> i'm serious what was wrong with why do you need the car to turn off when you're sitting isn't in the it stoplight? also more dangerous it, not dangerous but isn't it like counterintuitive to your car like as you start the car it causes more problems than if you're just idling my incorrect well, on that well here's the thing it's the, the the idea of the car turning off in traffic is so that you can save fuel but you use the most fuel when you start the engine correct because you got to flood it with fuel so 
I, I'd like to think the engineers have a reason for doing that. No, I don't think they do. I think this is all just something that they can push as new technology so that yeah. they can sell you the same shit they've been selling you for 10 years. Most of these platforms... I've seen other fucking HRVs before. It's, it's the same shit that people were buying in 2013. It just got a CVT now, and it's got Apple CarPlay now. Mm -hmm. And it's got this, this some, a bunch of other bullshit, probably, that I don't even know about. I mean... Like, the, the Malibu that my dad rented, mm -hmm. it's the same thing that I have. Yeah. It's the same thing. It's just got a touchscreen now. It's got a couple of different buttons, and it's got this stupid deactivation well, that feature. That just proves that the biggest bullshit thing going is buying a new car. Yeah. If you can afford it and that's your thing, fine. But most likely, you can get a much, uh, probably an equally similar car just by buying used. Mm -hmm. You can, like, I'm the let kind me, of person that me, buys their cars like mm -hmm. 10 years apart, you know, like 10 years of, of model year apart. So mm -hmm. the next car I get will probably be like a 20, I don't know, 2012 or something like that. And let me rephrase what I was saying before. I don't, I don't know if I would point blank say I'm not buying any new cars, but like I, I buy like a new Corvette. Yeah, that's but that's like a hobby car. Well, that's what I'm saying. I buy a, a new core. I buy a new Mustang. I buy you're a not going to drive. But I'm not going to buy. I'm not going to go out and spend all this money on a new Honda Civic when I can mm -hmm. buy the same car with less features, but really the same fee. I've buy buy aftermarket little JVC radio. Yeah, with Bluetooth and mm -hmm. you know. USB port does and all the that. Job. It does the same shit that these new. It probably does more, honestly. It might. It yeah, legitimately might. Yeah, I mean, and, and older cars are nice because you get that CD play. Like, not not a lot of people are using CDs anymore, but it, it might be nice to go. You know, run. It's the, nice to have the option. Run right? the Target and go get yourself a new album and just while, you know. While I was out there, yeah, I got uh, my aunt gave me a copy of my late uncle's CD that he released. Mm -hmm. By the way, shout out his album. I mean, it's not on streaming services or anything like that. So unfortunately, our listeners will probably never be able to hear it. But the dude was so fucking talented. I yeah. mean, I, I listened to it like three or four times on the way home. And for the great band name, by the way, LOA, which he claims stood for lacking ovaries altogether. <laughs> okay. Um, but anyway, so but I it, it's on a CD. If I had a new 2020 Malibu, I wouldn't have been able to play it until I got home. Yeah. Because it's not a... It's so stupid. It's so stupid. People who buy new cars and they're not hobby cars, I love you. I, I have nothing against you, but you're out of your mind. Well, especially if you're buying certain brands. Like, if you're buying a Toyota, more than likely, you're good. You're fine. Well, depending on the model year, mm -hmm. or you know, but I don't know. I used to say that about Honda, and now look, <laughs> we're in this situation. Yeah, I mean, at least they figured it out, and you're getting it. But I feel like I always well, wonder well, what's going to happen. At Eighty thousand, this yeah. new transmission's going to. I mean, come on, man. Come I always on. wondered why the mileage was so low that they give you when you you know when you buy a car and they give you like a hundred thousand mile warranty. Like I always thought, like, oh, that's not very. Hi. Well, you know why? It's because of <laughs> shit like this. They know what's going to happen and they don't want to be on the hook to pay for it. Well, that's what it is. It's a scam. It's a scam. Well, everything in life is a scam. I love cars, but they're a scam. Yeah. I mean, um, 
I am going to continue buying older cars. But not if you go to Gloucester and Sons Auto. Shout out them for taking care of my car today. Gloucester and Sons? Gloucester and Sons Auto. Great mechanics. Mm. They took good care of me today. Well, that's good. Yeah. Shout out Gloucester's. Not sponsored. Not sponsored, but shout out. Shout out. Yeah. We would love to get them sponsored. Oh, Give sure. Give us some of that sweet coin. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my brakes are still last squeaking and I don't, I, I guess they're, uh, they're on their way out, hmm. but I'm too cheap to go buy them. <laughs> well, fuck you know, it. you know me, that's why I drive a fucking 20 year old car. Live, live on the edge, Matt yeah. Dixon, live on the edge. Yeah. The, the lady friend is like, I'm not getting in that car. I'm like, well, fine. <laughs> it's a death trap. You don't want to get in it anyway. Well, you know what? At least the transmission isn't falling out. Yes. Yeah, yes. Exactly. For exactly. For now. Um, anyways. Um, so, I had I had a thing I wanted to talk about. Yes, please do. We'll, we'll segue into our next topic. So um, Mr. Steve Cohen, owner of the New York Mets, uh, was saying yesterday that uh, the black jerseys are coming. They're very They coming, are. They're coming very soon. Hmm. And there's a lot of um, animosity from one Donald LaGreca about this, uh, this uh, black jersey thing. But why? And it just seems like uh, it seems like an old man thing. And he was complaining about it on the on the show today hmm. that everybody was, you know, calling, you know, they have no no originality because they're calling it like an old man thing that he doesn't like the black jersey. I'm sorry, Don. I love you. But this is so unimportant. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is so unimportant to get worked up. Shout out Mountain Dew Baja Blast. Yeah. And they were talking about, uh, you know, like uh, your favorite uniforms. And I was thinking of some on the way here. And I thought we could talk about that. Oh, yeah. Um, favorite uniforms of all time. The uh, the Mets black jerseys probably among the top three for me. I mean, I'm, it's just because of the era I came from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the 06 Mets wore the black. And, you know, the 90s Mets were pretty recent in my lifetime. So, right. It was always a part of my life until I think 2012 they stopped wearing them. They went to that like like old fashioned like tannish white uniform for like a year or two. Yeah. With the pinstripes. But I, I remember always, that. I always liked the ice cream man Mets uniform without the pinstripes and I like the black. That's always that works for me. I've always been a big fan of the you know, I, I'm sort of a traditionalist, you mm-hmm. know, I like the the Boston Red Sox jersey that's just plain red and white. Yeah, like Cardinals, Giants, you know, Royals. But simple. I I've always been a fan of I, I like the White Sox because they just don't care and they change the jersey design yeah. like every five years. Yeah. I respect that. Um, I've also always been a big fan of the Giants orange jerseys. Mm-hmm. And the one I one that I really like is the the red Braves ones. Okay. I like the I like the Braves like in the eighties with the, the baby blue. Mm-hmm. Those are pretty solid. And I always like the um the I don't know if they can use it anymore because I know they're, they're everybody's trying to get away from the Native American stuff. But that little feather Braves hat is mm-hmm. nice. I guess they wear that. Bring with, back the screaming Indian, you cowards! <laughs> I, I think they finally got rid of it. <laughs> uh, we're not going to bring back the screaming Indian because you know I still have a screaming Indian Braves hat. Yeah, I'm. I will not be canceled over it either. <laughs> you can try. I'm uncancelable. You're the Charlie Sheen of uh, the podcast world. <laughs> yes. Um. But, do uh, you think that? Do you believe the conspiracy theory that Charlie Sheen said he had AIDS to protect himself from a B two situation? No, because I feel like that's another thing that he could get canceled over is giving somebody <laughs> AIDS. But you know, he just he refuses to get canceled. Charlie Sheen ducked it all. How yeah. the? F- <laughs> I mean, I guess it's because like nobody really cares about Charlie Sheen, like, right? 
other than his two and a half men but fame in the last like was, decade, he hasn't really done much of anything as far as acting goes. You know what was funny? It was like he, he, his, his, I feel like if he had blown, when he, when he had his big meltdown, yeah, I feel like if that had happened, like just even like a year or two later, he would be still a major celebrity today. Yeah. And here's why, because like, that was right when the era when podcasting started mm -hmm. was like 2014. What we're doing right now, Charlie Sheen. If Charlie Sheen had a podcast and he had been able to jump on the wave early, mm -hmm. dude, imagine the kind of things that he would be saying. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's he's definitely got some mental health problems going on, yeah. and that's unfortunate. You know, we don't want to call out anybody for for having right. mental and health problems, but 100%. he's he's going beyond. You know, I mean, you, you think about the stuff he was saying when he had the meltdown, like yeah. how you you know you you don't pay hookers to fuck you, you pay them <laughs> to leave. And yeah, he was snorting seven grams of of cocaine every day. I mean, so was Joey Diaz, but yeah. we don't judge him for that. <laughs> What a guy. Tiger blood. Zoe. Zoe, you sleepy over there? Oh. You snores? Zoe. Poor Zoe. She's been quite sick the last few days. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Getting back to the uniform thing. Mm -hmm. El Paso Chihuahuas. Well, minor league teams are, an, are another realm in themselves. They're another They're realm. Perfect. But, but El Paso Chihuahuas, phenomenal, phenomenal logo. Yeah. Remember when we had the, the Chihuahuas hat at our lids for like a year? Yeah, it was like a return or something. Or we had the like Elsinore Storm. I was like, the yeah. eyes. <laughs> right. For some reason, every store in the district, or at least the ones I went to, had a, had a seven and five eighths of the Lake Elsinore storm hat. Like Why? One of them. Why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> a shipping error, I guess. Uh, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, maybe some renegades because we're up in the area. But You would uh, think, but yeah. none. Uh, you remember when they did like the futuristic jersey? I feel like we've discussed this before. Yeah, the like the, the turn ahead of the clock or the... Uh, yeah. Speaking of like, like I know what we're going to talk about with that, but like what were your thoughts on the, uh, the city connection jersey? I guess they're trying to hop on the NBA. Oh, with, with like the Red Sox with the yellow taxi cab uniform. Ugly as fuck. Get rid of it. <laughs> Get rid of it. I mean, hopefully it's just a temporary thing, but it is so so disgusting looking. Well, it's it's combining now those because uh, you know how there's that big color wave thing with hats right now yeah. that you seem to dislike. It's stupid. It's stupid. I yeah. Again, call me a traditionalist, but I prefer to wear a hat with the team's actual colors. I I, I am to an extent. I'm less extent. Uh, committed to that. To an extent, the the blacked out ones are pretty cool. I feel like if it's a solid like base color, it works. Mm -hmm. Like the the bright blue Yankee hats yeah. and the red Yankee hats, like a la Spike Lee. You know, I I wouldn't mind like a black. I have a black Boston hat. I wouldn't mind like a a solid red Boston hat. You yeah. know what I mean? But like a lot of them, I, it's just it's just like the the bright pink with like a, a mm -hmm. yellow underbrim. Like it look, it's so ugly. I know they they do it to match shoes, but it's so and the shoes are ugly too. Well, you, you know could, what? You, I'm sorry. Most of them are sneaker heads. You know, you can jump me in the comments, but the and here's the thing: these these shoe releases are butt ugly. Here, I don't care what anybody here's the, says. The problem I have with with shoe releases, yeah, is that people frequently go out and they buy these shoes, and there's like a very limited number. Mm -hmm. But then you see like you know fifteen or twenty people walking around with them, right? And I feel like the point of of having a style <laughs> and having culture, you know, being you know 
being stylish or whatever is, is to having have something that no one else has. Exactly. Right. But I feel like everybody's wearing, I mean, sometimes they don't even wear them at all. They just put them in storage because they think they're going to be worth something. Well, that's, years. that's just a whole, that's a whole rabbit hole of hype beast culture that yeah. we could go down. Where yeah, that's it's, like, it's very disappointing. Yeah. Speaking of hype beast, did you watch the uh, Logan Paul fight? I know you didn't. But I did. You I, did. I did. I watched. Um, you a, watched a completely legal stream. Correct? I watched a completely legal. Um, I paid for the fight. You know, with my my real money that yes. exists. I also I, did that. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. Um. <laughs> what? A what, what a joke, dude. I mean, what were they thinking? <laughs> putting that fight card together. I mean, money, obviously. I mean, yeah. But. Um, it was clear throughout the fight that Logan was putting half effort into the fight. Like he was kind of trying. And, and then Floyd was putting no effort. Floyd at all. was just like, they paid me. I can do whatever I right. want pretty much. So I, I really think that Logan could be a good fighter. But I think he's just too caught up in that hype beast bullshit. I think Jake Paul has more of a chance of being a good fighter than... Um, Logan does. I think Jake is more talented as a fighter. I think Jake has more of that uh, fighting awareness. Yeah. But that being said, I mean, none of them, I don't think, are ever going to amount to being like heavyweight boxing no, champions. I, I Unless there's some major... I hope we're wrong. I, I, I hope they're successful. I would love to, listen, I would love to be wrong, but I just don't see it happening without no. like major, major... Um, in investment and training from them, yeah. which I don't see in their their skill level right now. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like Tim Tebow trying to be a tight end now. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just not going to work. Yeah. Like, yeah, even I I hope it works for him. You know, you wish it would work, but it's not going to work. The one NFL comeback I could see, however, Brandon Jacobs. Do you saw the Brandon Jacobs thing that he wants to play defensive line now? I honestly don't know who Brandon Jacobs is. So he was the Giants running back for many years. Mm -hmm. And he's like a massive, massive guy. Like he's 6'7", he's 264. He's built like a defensive end. But he's in like his 30s now. Well, he's, he's 38, but like you've seen pictures of him. He still has rock solid abs. Like yeah. he looks like he's in great shape. I mean, give him a shot, you know. If Tim yeah, Tebow is getting a shot, Give him two not? seasons. There's plenty of crappy players out there. You might as well give him a shot. Exactly. You, you know? know. So, but... No, I did watch the fight, and I was not quite as disappointed in it as I was with the the McGregor Mayweather fight. Yeah, which I only I think the only reason is I knew this one was kind of a joke. Like I wasn't expecting. Yeah, like he's obviously not going to fight anybody worth anything now because he doesn't right. want to get rid of his perfect record. Like Chad Ochocinco was on the fight court. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, what are we? What are we talking about? Here? Boxing itself is just becoming kind of a joke in that aspect. It's sad because boxing used to be one of the most respected sports in the world, and in yeah. less than a hundred years, it's gone to this place where like Tyson looked really good when he did his uh, when he did his, his exhibition fight a couple months ago. I could see him doing like a senior circuit tour, yeah. you know, where he's kind of, he's just fighting other old has-beens. Like a lot of people were saying Tyson could make a real comeback. I kind of thought that he could. Like he looks in good shape. He is in good shape, but I don't know, man. It's just, it's so hard to yeah. do something like that. I guess anything's possible, you know. George uh, George Foreman won the heavyweight championship of the world at like 47 or something. Yeah, I think. Is Tyson like a lot older than that now? Is he in his 40s? No, Tyson's his 50s. in his 50s. I'm yeah. not sure like, he's if he's in his the... early 50s or let's see. Mike Tyson. 
but um is i think 54 yeah what what that fight did show though is that you know logan paul's like public persona has definitely improved i mean obviously the whole suicide force thing really took a damper on his career yeah. i i think he he of the two uh paul brothers has done better yeah at you know recuperating his career can we talk about real quick for a second yeah like I don't know if you have any younger, younger people in your family. I have younger or, people in the extended family. Okay. Why? What's the question? Are you familiar with the Disney Channel show, children's show, Bizarre Vark? I, I know of it by name. Um, Why do you ask? <laughs> well, can we talk about the fact that two of the three starring cast members from Disney Channel's own Bizarre Vark are having wildly successful years this year? And it is completely nothing related to the show at all. Is it the Paul brothers? It's Jake Paul, who okay. is a successful boxer. And then uh, Olivia Allegedly. Rodrigo. Yes. Shout out mm-hmm. Olivia Rodrigo. Her new album yeah. is killing it. I listened to that on the way back from Ohio also. It was quite good. Yeah. J- Jake's a little more problematic because I know he's had some some allegations put his way in the last yeah. few months. Uh, new York Times article. About him. Uh, well, no one reads that swill, so. I mean, some of us do. Some of our listeners uh, read the Times. Um, maybe like the 50-year-old ones. Yes. Uh, I think we have one of those. Do, is I feel like print media is like completely done at this point. Nobody takes... And it's sad because I don't want to, I don't want to come off as one of those people who's like, don't trust the media. Because I know there are mm-hmm. good journalists out there, but the media is legitimately so untrustworthy. Yeah. And I, f- I genuinely feel like a lot of these print journalists now, or like at least the Twitter journalists out there that claim to be print writers, I mean, nobody takes them seriously. Nobody cares. And they just come off like a big joke most of the time. I mean, it's sad what it's come to. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say that I took a page out of your book and I, I've pretty much just stopped watching the news. Yeah. And kind of realized. Don't you feel better? Yeah. I feel like a lot. I feel like I'm even healthier by the fact of not doing that. You right. feel like you feel like there's a little less mental fog. You feel like a weight's been lifted off your shoulders. Yeah. You're not worried about. And, and I'm still I'm still like up on what's happening. That's the other thing, too. People are like, how do you keep? I, I still know what's happening in the world. Like if there's if there's a mass shooting, yeah. I, I'd like to know that it happened. But do I need to hear one side tell me that because this happened, the guns and right. And the other side saying we need gun control. And you know what I mean? Right. I don't need to. I, I need to know that the thing happened. I don't need to know what Rachel Maddow and Tucker Carlson <laughs> yes. thought of the thing happening. Yes. I don't care. What, whatever happens Nor should to, anybody else. It's very hard these days to find just straight traditional news, aside from your local news network. Yeah. I think that's mostly okay. Because your local news, like your News 12 in I our think, area. I, f- I feel that Philip DeFranco does a pretty good job. Yeah, that, that's a good example as well. Because he just kind of focuses on individual subjects. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't really... But he's 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 like a new school guy. He's yeah. doing it over the internet. He's doing it uh, independently of... I mean, he's got his own network and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's his business, you know. And I would lose a lot of trust for him if he were to go to like one of the big companies. But I don't think he would ever do that. Because no, he doesn't want to. He's extremely successful it's the same on thing his own. With, it's the same thing with like uh i feel like he's kind of the the spiritual continuation of the vlog brothers remember them 
mm-hmm. John, yeah, and, John and Hank. Yep. Like, I feel like Phil, Philip DeFranco is kind of like the next evolution of what they started because mm-hmm. they had that like that. They were the back and forth conversation about current events. Yeah. You know, and Philip DeFranco is that now just every day. Yeah, there was a, there was a few of those guys back in the day. I remember there was this guy named Dan Brown. He was uh, he was very the, the Da Vinci Code guy, not Dan Brown, the Da Vinci <laughs> Code guy. But he was uh, he was a very prominent YouTuber back in the day. Uh huh. Uh, we should we should get him on the show. That'd be nice. That'd um, be cool, man. Yeah, but I, I know. I, I I like. I've said before off the air. I my favorite episodes of this show are when we're talking to, to YouTube people and yeah. new school media guys. I mean, you did make that suggestion. Maybe we should focus our efforts on interviewing you know creators. Mm-hmm. That might be a concept. But because um, we are, I like that because we are creators ourselves. Yeah. I always feel like I glean so much from mm-hmm. those conversations. Like I know you don't usually know the people that I'm bringing on the show, mm-hmm. but you come away taking you know some sort of learning right. experience from each. Guest. I didn't. I had no idea who Griffin Hammond or John Paula were before you brought very them to my significant attention. people but in the course of. My, I know them now. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. And I've I feel like I learned a lot from both of those guys. They were great. Same thing with like uh, Tony. Yeah, yeah, you know, Tony was great. I'm sure when Daisuke comes back oh. on, <laughs> I'm still, uh, I'm, I'm still in love with, uh, with his videos. He's, he's great. He, he's, uh, he'll never surpass my favorite YouTuber, but he's, he's a top contender for number two. I hope he doesn't take offense to this because I mean it in the absolute nicest of ways. Yes, but I put his videos on when I need to go to sleep. I, I think that. There are a lot of comments on his video saying that they do that, so I don't think he would be offended like, by it at all. His voice is just so soothing. Yeah, that like, it, I could listen to him all day. I, you, like you said, you can listen to him read the phone book, and it, yeah. it would be okay. Do you ever like? Do you ever do that? Do you ever listen to s- stuff in the background while you're sleeping? And oh then yeah, you wake I'm, up. I'm, I'm a big ASMR proponent. You wake well, I'm not ASMR, but like I just wake up in the morning, and like one of my favorite things to do is go back through like yeah. all the videos I watched and mm-hmm. like see. Like I fucking um, let's see the other night because I haven't. Just going back to him for a second, like people who want to create stuff, Dice K puts out a video like every other day, right? And my guy has a full time job and has a family. What is your excuse? <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> like, I mean, his videos are very simple. He usually it's usually just him talking to a camera, which right. it, it speaks good to him because he's very good at just you know going that's, things off the. That's cuff. what's so amazing about watching him is like yeah. he that he can just do this off the cuff pretty much. I don't know if it's scripted or not, but no, I don't believe it is. But like the fact that he there's almost no mistakes, there's almost no yeah. editing that has to. There's not a lot of editing in his videos, which is why he's able to put them out so mm-hmm. quick. I think, but. There's not, there's no editing that needs to be done. Yeah. You know, it's, it's remarkable. It really is. Yeah. I mean, when I was interviewing him, it seemed like he always had an answer for something. He took maybe like half a second to think about it. He was, you know, he could go on for days. Uh It was impressive. Yeah. We love you, Dice K. Number one. We love you. Number one, number two and number one guest. So I'm going back to the baseball topic from earlier. Sticky stuff. Sticky stuff. Can we discuss? Um, the, the what you call it the MLB doing the stop and frisk of Major League Baseball mm-hmm. the MLB doing the stop okay the umpires in Major League Baseball doing the stop and frisk thing is um is embarrassing mm-hmm. it's getting ridiculous Max Scherzer like dropping his belt Sergio Romo pulling his <laughs> pants down on the field I mean <laughs> Sergio ba- Romo still plays Sergio Romo still plays he plays in Oakland really yeah oh that's it you know, baseball is just the king of the self-inflicted wound. Yes. 
let's let's just discuss that for a second. Mm-hmm. Like we're watching a season where there's tons of new young stars being born. You know, Vlad Jr. playing out of this world. Shohei Otani is having the f- best two-way player career since Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. Jacob deGrom is having one of the best pitching seasons of all time in baseball history. Maybe the best, arguably the best because of the era he's doing it in. And here we are talking about sticky stuff and talking about Sergio Robo dropping trowel on the field. I mean, yeah. it's it's a it's a fucking joke is what it is. The sticky stuff is so that you can grip the baseball better. I I can't believe how many stupid mouth-breathing people I've had to explain this to when I'm talking about sticky are, are are there maybe a handful that are putting too much on cuz they they want to cheat maybe. But 99% of these cats are using it to get a better grip on the ball. I played baseball. I understand how the shit works. Mm -hmm. I know baseball players. I understand how the shit works. Why don't... Another episode of why don't people listen to me? (laughs) Sticky stuff isn't the problem. The problem is that we've disincentivized hitting, and so it just looks like... Well, we've we've gone from a decade where... 10 years ago, it was like there was they're breaking individual season home run records for teams in the course of two years. Right. And, and, and then the whole balls being inflated thing. And now we're talking about hitters are not hitting enough. It's yeah. like... And it'll correct itself. I mean, the yeah. hits will go back up probably in the 2020s. But we're sitting here talking about sticky stuff and, and you know, dropping pants on the field. And like, it's yeah. it's just a it's, a... it's a circus act. It's a clown show. You know, what... What is it going to take to stop this? Is somebody just going to have to strip butt-ass naked <laughs> out of the field? I don't think this will last more than maybe a few weeks, maybe a month, where they're just like, okay, you know? let's just standardize something. And what blows my mind is like... It's not that hard. All you have to do is say, this is a substance that we all... Well, then that will cause a, a disagreement between the players' union and the players, because mm-hmm. then they're going to they're gonna argue what substance they should be able to use. Well, here's another element to dis- to think about this. Like... Why are we checking people for it now? In the middle of the season. No, just now after the rule is passed. If anybody was cheating, do you think they would be stupid enough to continue using the substance knowing that everyone's looking for it? Yeah. Why are we checking now? I mean... Why aren't we checking a year from now? And only if it's blatant, I feel like it should be a problem. And somebody, I, I forget where I heard it, but somebody made a point saying, just look at a player's spin rate. If their spin rate's going off the, off their average, like a significant amount, obviously there might be an, that somebody need to check. Yeah. But you don't need to be checking players three times a game. But even that is like a hard thing. Like Kevin Gosman's spin rate went down since the sticky stuff thing happened. Yeah. He's still got the second highest, second best ERA in baseball. Mm-hmm. So obviously he's just having a career year. Garrett Cole, same thing. Garrett Cole's spin rate went down like 150%. He's still having a great year. So obviously there's more to it than just the sticky stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, if it was, it, no, nobody fell off a cliff. Nobody. No. No. So what are we talking about? I think, um, and now that there's this collective bargaining agreement bullshit that's coming in the next year. Right. Um, do you believe that baseball will have another strike? Yes. I I would say it's almost imminent. 
that it's going to happen. At least some sort of a of a cancellation. I've never I've never seen I've never seen a uh, labor dispute like the one we're seeing in baseball, where yeah. the owners and the players' association legitimately despise each other yeah. at this moment in time. I've never seen this before. This is we're talking about next season could potentially be canceled. And the thing about it is, baseball is obviously the third most popular sport now. Now that basketball has kind of taken this renaissance. I mean, I disagree with that. The numbers prove that baseball is still number two. Yeah. But we'll agree to disagree. Um, the numbers prove but, it. There's no disagreement to be had. There could be disagreement in the numbers. That's okay. Um, so, what the point I'm trying to make is that if baseball goes through two seasons basically in a row, where mm-hmm. there's significant game loss, right? Loss of games. Uh huh. And how is that fan base going to be able to come back, knowing that they just went through another strike? Right. It's the so Barry Bonds and and, and uh, Jose Canseco, or not, not Canseco, and Mark McGuire are not going to come and save you again. No. There's no. There's no image. Aaron Judge and Pete Alonso might. Maybe but, if know. they're if they're both healthy. Right. But that's not coming. No. So, if Major League Baseball was smart, they'd be like, we have to get this figured out now. Yes, but they're not smart because Rob Manfred is in charge. And <laughs> yes. Rob Manfred is a f- blazing moron. They should not be focusing on pitchers using pine tar on their hands to get a better grip. Mm-hmm. They should be focusing on the billions of dollars they're going to lose if there's no season next year. Right. And and them the not having of, a season. Not only that, the millions of dollars they already lost by not having a real season last year. And remember year. all those worries they had if there wasn't a season last year. Can the Marlins survive two years of not having a full season? No. Well, they, let's get Derek Jeter on the show and ask him. Maybe that, he can trade away another that's star That's never going player. to happen, but wishful thinking. Um, speaking into existence. Yeah. I, I really don't think that a team like the Marlins could survive two significant, you know, work stoppages. No. Tampa Bay went to the World Series last year, the shortened mm-hmm. season, and they were losing money. I don't think it would get to the point where they would have to remove a team from the league. But, but it, it could. It, it, it would, could. It would definitely force a team to get sold. We discussed this the other day, Bryce and me. I said... Because he asked me if if I could expand baseball, where would I go? And I said, I would contract. I would tell the Rays and the Marlins to get lost. (laughs) (laughs) They don't make enough money. I'm sorry. I mean, maybe just throw teams out that don't have any world championships. Like who? Throw the Mariners out of the league. Just them. (laughs) The Mariners. Well, that wouldn't work because the Padres are now, uh, you know, Big shit in the in Major League Baseball. The Padres are talented, and I think that they might have a chance to win the World Series this year. But they'll have to get through San Francisco to do it. And if my dream comes true of Madison Bumgarner right, coming will, back, I'm home, going to make a a significant prediction right now. Okay? Yes, significant. Yes, I will put any amount of money on the fact to your uh, five dollars to your charity of choice. Uh huh. That Madison Bumgarner will return to the Giants this year. Come trade deadline. Any amount of he money. He is probably beyond pissed right now at the way his team is playing. Oh, of course. They almost, they basically had the second worst losing streak in the history of the sport. They have. They were this- so close to losing the record of 21 straight games. They have the same 
number of wins since mid-May as the Yankees have triple plays in that span of time. Correct. <laughs> so if Madison Bumgarner stays more than half a season with this team, I'd be shocked. The only f- I keep seeing this stuff on like uh, you know on like the baseball sites and stuff like that where they talk the thing they talk about is like the the problem of a Madison Bumgarner trade is that he makes so much guaranteed money yeah. that his contract will be hard to move. <laughs> yeah, right, Zoe. That doesn't mean that his guaranteed money doesn't mean that it's hard to trade a guy. Mm-hmm. It just means that you're not going to get a big return for him. Mm-hmm. That's all it means. Yeah. But if he wants out and he wants to go to the Giants and the Giants want him, then there's the two teams are going to find a way to do this. Like yeah. the players run the sport. I also hate when whenever there's like a, a significant gap in a, in a in New York sports team, they feel like, oh, at the trade deadline, we'll get this big name pitcher. Like mm-hmm. now there's that talk that the Mets might get Max Scherzer. Are you, do you really think the Nationals are going to give up Max Scherzer that easily? No, and especially not to a division rival. Exactly. I mean, You'll trade him to the... They might you know, trade him to the Yankees, but they won't trade him to the Mets, I don't think. You're basically giving yourself an extra like three or four losses in a season. Yeah. Knowing how good this guy is. It's like the Yankees fans a few years ago and they were like, we should just trade for Jacob deGrom. Jacob deGrom's not available. <laughs> and even if he was available, he wouldn't be available to you. I feel so bad for him because of his contract right now. Well, deGrom? Because of the fact that he signed his contract early. So he, he should easily be the number one paid athlete in baseball right now. He should. I mean, he's going to He's going to be the MVP. Yeah. You know, you know, he might win the he might win the wood. pitching triple crown. Maybe who knows? Oh, actually, he won't do that because he's got like one win. But that's neither here nor there. Um, He'll win the pitching triple crown in things that matter. Correct. You know, ERA, strikeouts, and wins above replacement. Well, he might not be leading in wins above replacement though, right now, though. I think Woodruff is still leading. Will he have? Uh, let, let me give you a question. Will he end up in his career with? The lowest win total for any pitcher in the Hall of Fame who played post-1950. Um, what's the current record holder of that? I'm just putting that in my head because I feel like some pitchers are in there for other reasons, you know, relievers, and then some pitchers who played in different eras where there wasn't as many wins. Who has the fewest wins in the Hall of Fame? I'm. That's a starter? I'd imagine... Um, Maybe 200. The Hall of Fame starter with the lowest number of career wins is Candy Cummings with 145. Now mm-hmm. that is a... Well, when did he play? Let's let's play a game called Baseball Player or Porn Star, Candy <laughs> Cummings. I mean, my God. Yeah. Dizzy Dean. This Dizzy just Dean, gets better and Dizzy better. Dean's well known. Uh, Sandy Koufax, 165. Well, that's only because he retired when he was 30. Right. Uh, I know at- another pitcher that you're fond of that retired in his 30s. Yeah, and who should be in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, that's that's Jacob, that's funny. Jacob, Jacob Degrom career wins. Sandy Koufax had like four or five of the greatest pitching seasons of all time in a row. Tim Lincecum had two good years and then peaked. He's not belonging in the Hall of Fame. Whatever. He just happened to be on one of the greatest dynasties of its time. Whatever. You're wrong. Who cares? Whatever. Um, Jacob Degrom is seventy-two wins right now. So how old is he? I believe he's 32. Okay, so we figure he's going to play. I'm shocked that Madison Bumgarner is only like 30. Right. And he's accomplished <laughs> so much. So we'll assume that DeGrom's going to play like six more years. 
I'd imagine you know? he'd probably play at least until 40, 42, maybe. Okay, so we'll say eight more. Years. If he's if his body's able to hold to continue holding mm-hmm. up with what he's doing right now. Well, he started in twenty fourteen, right? That was yeah. his rookie season. So it's been about eight years already. Mm-hmm. Seventy two. Um, so he's on pace for a hundred and forty four. Yeah. That would be one less than Candy Cummings has. Yeah. But wins he, don't matter anymore. The, but the other wrinkle too is that the Mets were bad during a lot of his mm-hmm. early seasons. And it looks like looks could be deceiving, especially as Met fans know, but it looks like this team is going to be good for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I mean so, I'm I'm very I'm not gonna say they're two thousand and six level Mets good. But they are on the right track. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's probably going to have a winning season this year. Probably. He's probably going to have, if, if they are able to string together a nice playoff run and get well set up for next year, that he shouldn't have any problem mm-hmm. having a winning season next yeah. year. I don't think it's unreasonable that we could be talking about him approaching like a Sandy Koufax type of win total. Mm-hmm. And then, but I don't know. I also don't know when Candy Cummings played. You know what I mean? Probably I, like 1890. Right. Or like, like he's, that. it's. But that doesn't mean anything. Cy Young played in the 1890s and he but, still ended up with 500 wins. But my point is, if we're talking about like the modern era, yeah. Least That's wins why I said like post like 1950. Yeah. Maybe post 1970. Maybe. But I, I could definitely see that happening. Yeah. Because the last 300 game winner, I believe, was Randy Johnson, right? Right. Which was 2009. Nobody wins 300 games anymore but nobody gets into the hall of fame without 200 wins anymore yeah unless you're a rare exception like Degrom. Mm-hmm. what so, do you think of the three factors with a player getting into the hall of fame i have an opinion what like what are the three things that you're guaranteed um i believe it has to be you have to have at least one stat that's like beyond you know beyond average you have to be out of the hall of really good Mm-hmm. Then you have to have had some significant impact on the league, whether it be multiple World Series titles or a significant amount of All-Star games. And then I'd say it would also have to depend on the era you played in. Like right now, we're going to determine players by their, you know, more sabermetrical-based stats than well, we would counting stats. But there are certain things that, you know, you're pretty much good with. Like if mm-hmm. you if you hit 500 home runs, you're, you're in. Unless you're injecting... Uh, you know, pork testicle into your asshole. Right. <laughs> you know, a la Mark and Sammy and Barry. Yes. You know, who, allegedly. Who, allegedly. Uh, most of those people in that group belong in the Hall of Fame. All of them do. But, you know. That's that's your opinion. All of them do. Um, but. Well, we'll use that as an example. If you, Does if you, Sammy Sosa belong in the Hall of Fame based yes. on his career? Yes. He hit over 600 home runs. I feel I, I for some reason I just don't just I, put I agree an asterisk. With, I, I don't understand I'm what not, the problem is. I'm not is. talking about steroids now. Okay? okay. I'm talking about him as a player. Right. What did he really accomplish as a player? Like I'm not saying he doesn't belong in the Hall of Fame. Obviously 600 home runs is significant, but it strikes me as very Jim Tomey-esque where it's kind of like a really really good player that you don't remember. But people do remember him. He had a. If we're talking about cultural impact on the game, I mean, the Maguire Sosa home run chase might be the most significant yeah. story of our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. So, I think he more than qualifies there. Perhaps. What what has ha- what baseball story has happened since then that even compares to the the chase of '98? Tony Bosch, <laughs> pork chop. <laughs> Other other than you, you could argue that the 2004 Red Sox or the 2011 Cardinals. 
I don't think that even sniffs the same no? strategy. Or your team's uh, three three championship dynasty? No, I mean like the 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 Sammy You're talking S- about something that where the the whole league was was taken aback by something that happened. I'm talking about something that went beyond baseball and entered like American pop culture. Yeah, it's like been a while. Joe Smo was at the bar was fully tuned in to see who was going to yeah. break Roger Maris's record. Mm-hmm. The only time I can think of that that's happened since then maybe is the the Red Sox winning the World Series and beating the Yankees mm-hmm. from 3 games to none to do it. Shout out Red Sox. You could throw maybe, some Maybe maybe the Cubs winning. Yeah. You could throw some honorable mentions. You could say that maybe the in a small sense the Josh uh, the Josh Hamilton home run derby that could be in a very very small capacity but that was very significant. Uh, I don't know if you, it had the same. You could reach say the Red Sox winning after the Boston bombing could be a little significant. You could say the cheating scandal. The cheating scandal, obviously, very in a negative way, but yeah. But but you like, think it's it's in a negative light to say, like, what happens when we get to the Hall of Fame vote for that era of baseball, like one we're in right now? Mm-hmm. Is it wrong to not tell that story in the Hall of what, Fame? What Altuve and when Altuve and Correa are up I feel for the like Hall it's of Fame? A, that's why I've kind of changed my tune with the steroids guys because I feel like is it doing a disservice to the history of the game to not say this is what happened this is what we did to solve it there's two ways you can look at it one is that way and then the response to it is it's a museum you know people Mm -hmm. Kurt Schilling is in the hall of fame yeah his bloody sock is in there Mm -hmm. his you know his cleats are in there his his glove is in there but that doesn't mean he has to be honored with a plaque in there. Yeah. You know, there can be punishments for being a reprehensible human being. Yeah. I mean, he does make a point when it, it, it has become a little political when it comes to who they let in the Hall of it Fame. It definitely has. I feel like it is a it's a real disservice to the, the history of the sport to not show the case the history of the entire sport, wounds and all, you know. I don't. I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying that that is the response. Yeah. You know. I. I don't. I don't just. I'm on your side where yeah. I think you should just put. If you go to the Museum of Natural History, you know what I mean. There's still a Christopher Columbus exhibit. Yeah. You know. And he made contributions to society. Maybe not in a great way, but you know, it's there. You know, he still happened. But there's still there. There is a lot of watering down of history. I'm sure there are certain states that have you know, much different views of history in their textbooks than say we do in liberal right. Larry, New York state. It kind of, it even gets to like when there was the, like the Confederate statue argument. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like, we probably shouldn't be celebrating these people, but I can see the argument where we shouldn't take them down also. I mean, I have a different opinion than about that because I feel like because the Confederacy had such a racist history, I feel like that is something that should be removed. Right. I No, I agree. I don't think it should be erased from history because obviously history that is forgotten is meant to be repeated. Well, I, I don't disagree with you, but like I can see where people are coming from when they say yeah. we should keep this up. Because well, when people are, are out in the streets arguing that we need to keep our Confederate legacy alive, that's when you kind of lose me a little bit. Well, they're, what, like what Confederate legacy? Losing the war? Exactly. You know I've, never, I mean? I've never seen such a... Such uh, what do you call it? Such hope and inspire. What's the word I'm thinking of? Such 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 enthusiasm for the for, losing for the losing side, side yeah. of a war. Yeah, you know, 
you know, and it was an armed insurrection against your country. Right. You know, it makes you wonder how people are going to look at the um, the Capitol riots in 100 years. An armed insurrection against the country. Yes. Although this time they didn't have to defend themselves from horses. They had to defend themselves from literally the entire United States Army, which they claim to support. That's neither here nor there. Right. Um, <laughs> don't want to rile anybody up there. but uh, I would love to play the QAnon shaman in a, a theatrical <laughs> film adaptation of the Capitol riot. I support this. Um, I, I, I want to put the buffalo skull on my head and <laughs> go like, ah. Yeah. You know, it's just, it, that's, that's beyond my comprehension. That was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. I mean, it's exactly, it's exactly what you would expect a, are an insurrection organized online by yeah. conspiracy theorists to mm -hmm. look like. Yeah. You know, it's exactly what you would expect a crazy people rebellion to Speaking look like. Speaking of crazy people, I had a I had something I wanted to ask you too. Are yeah. you are you familiar with the uh the Ethan Klein and um Steven Crowder controversy that's happening at the moment? No. I'm familiar with both of those people. So, and I wish I was not familiar with um, either of those people. I mean, I'm a I'm a fan of Ethan. I like his I like his shit. He's a wannabe Howard Stern. Um, I do see where that is a thing because of a lot of the stuff you see in his show, I can see Howard Stern in. Yeah. I agree with you a little yeah. bit there. Um I am a fan of his work. I um do I you, understand your criticism. Do you remember when the part that he jumped the shark, in my opinion? Do you remember when he had Skippy on in addition to the the um the cougar champ? Yes. He had them both on. Mm -hmm. I remember. Um and he was going on and on about like, does Skippy, does the Mormon priest think it's okay to fuck a car exhaust? <laughs> I'm like, bro, you're not Howard. Stop it. Yeah. You don't have Fred behind you making the noises. <laughs> Your weird wife is not Robin. Don't don't be don't be mean to Hila. She seems like a nice human being. You don't have Ronnie the limo driver and JD and high pitch Eric. Even and Howard Beetlejuice. Stern isn't that Howard Stern anymore. I mean, no, but. Ethan really wants to be stern, and it it's it that was the moment it jumped the shark for me. I'm like, I can't. I like I, can't I like him. I think he's a nice guy. I, I don't like have anything against the guy. Oh, of course, yeah. There's nothing wrong with having a different. I I totally see everything you're saying. You know, I I, uh -huh. I, I see. You know, when he does the um, when he does the fake call-ins, that's yeah. obviously hearkening to Howard Stern. Yeah. Um, but the point I was trying to make about them is that. It's a, it, I, I half expect him to start saying Baba Booey, Baba Booey. Yeah. You know, like I'm like, so, what What am I listening to? So Steven Crowder of, uh, you know, Ladderworth Crowder fame, you know, the uh, change my opinion, change my mind meme, of course. Yeah. Um, you know, someone I, I don't agree with politically, but we're not going to, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole today. Uh -huh. We're going to speak, we're going to speak in a normal news fashion and just tell you the news. Right. And not the uh, Keemstar get into the news bullshit. <laughs> um, Keem Star. That's a name I haven't thought about in a long time. Yeah. Um Kill Akeem. Ethan is known for getting into public spiffs with just about every, you know, you know, B list a uh internet personality out there. Right. So recently he got into a little spiff with Steven Crowder. Okay. And, you know, Steven being him was uh, obviously criticizing him on uh, Ethan on his show. And uh he Was challenged he criticizing him about the same things I criticized him on? Uh, I think it was more in along the lines of uh, you know QAnon uh, vaccine conspiracy bullshit. Mm. You know, oh, is 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 Steven Crowder on the anti-vaccine train? I think he is on the you know 
Ethan was something said something along the lines of like, oh, everybody should be okay, should trust science and get the vaccine. And I can understand where you might have a differing opinion, but I think he meant well with what he was saying. But Steven Crowder saw it as, you know, he's like, this is the most memeable thing. I've something along the lines of he's like, this is the most memeable thing I've ever heard in my life. Mm -hmm. And it was criticizing Ethan for his comments. And then he said, you know, he'll, he'd like to debate Ethan on it as he does mm -hmm. with everybody. And um, so Ethan accepted his uh, his request to debate, and they were both live at the same time. Uh -huh. uh, Ethan's show is pre-recorded, obviously, um, and I believe Steven Crowder is live. But what the controversy of this story is, is that he goes on the show with Steven, they do a little introduction, and Ethan's like, I'm not really good at debating. And then he there's this guy who runs this uh, show called The Majority Report. I think his name is Sam Cedar. Okay. And he does a political show, obviously more left-wing, more left-leaning. Okay. And Steven Crowder goes absolutely apeshit. He's like, oh, not this fucking guy. Arr. So apparently there was some backstory that Steven Crowder had, you know, was about to debate him at a convention or something and he backed out. Right. And basically the argument is that people feel that Ethan kind of did a bait and switch on, on him putting somebody who is probably better at debating than he is. Right. It, it's obviously a lot funnier because it's Steven Crowder. Yeah. That's but the, it does beg the point, is that right to just throw somebody else out there when you promise to debate somebody? I mean, no, but it's also really, really funny. It's also very on brand for Ethan because he does stuff like that. And yeah. Then, and then all of a sudden, all of Steven Crowder's... Yeah, th that's a great point. I'm sorry. That's a, I, I hate to interrupt you. That's a great, great point. If you're Steven Crowder and you know you're in like the entertainment business, basically, because that's yeah. what his, a lot of his shtick is, is that mm -hmm. he's like he's a news guy, but he's also an entertainer. He's yeah. like he's like a, a, a the, the Internet Rush Limbaugh. I was just you know about to I mean? say, yeah, but like he should he should know that if you go on H3H3, you're probably going to get trolled. You're probably going to have some yeah. crazy shit go down. You know, so it's Skippy might Skippy and the Cougar Champ <laughs> might be there waiting yeah. for you. <laughs> I was waiting for uh, what's his face the, to catch a predator guy to come out. Let's have a talk. Let's have a talk, Stephen. <laughs> um, so why would you say? <laughs> so it's safe to say the conversation didn't last more than five minutes of the of Sam Cedar. And so did, did Stephen yelling? Did at each Crowder other. just like hang up? He. So what happened was he was on the camera and then all of a sudden he switched his camera to his co-host or his, you know, assistant and he didn't want to be on camera while this was happening. Mm -hmm. um, and then they had this little spiff between the three of them and then obviously disconnected. Mm. Didn't last very long, but. Um, Did you know Steven Crowder was the original voice of the brain on Arthur? Really? Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. not kidding. Like when he was a child actor. Yeah, I, I, that that I don't see. Him and him and children's programming don't really mend too well. Well, maybe not in the traditional sense, but if he wants to come on the show, I bet we would have him. Um, I'm going to veto that decision. Oh, you're not you're not a fan of such an idea. Mm, I don't know if uh, I don't know if we're big enough for him because that was his response. Was that oh, uh, Sam Cedar H three isn't big enough? No, for Sam Cedar is not big enough to be on his show when he has a million subscribers. So let's, I guess let's a, check real fast. Let's get a live subscriber count of the majority report, hmm. so but the, we can see who actually is too big for who. 
but showing how divisive things are right now, as they have always been, like Ethan's fans and his cronies were, you know, defending him. And then it was pretty much 50-50. Oh, this is the guy? Uh, yes. He looks like Ben Mankiewicz. That's what I thought. <laughs> ben Mankiewicz is the only uh, model for, like, you know, normalcy in the world, in my opinion. <laughs> He's a sign of the times. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, that was uh, the whole point of the conversation was, do you believe that what Ethan did was right? Or is it or is Steven in the wrong for not assuming that he would be goofed? No, Steven is 100% in the wrong for not knowing that that was coming. I mean, yeah. how could you go on H3H3 of Ethan Klein, the wannabe <laughs> Howard Stern, and not expect <laughs> to be sterned, basically? Yeah. Like, come on, man. Crowder has a live count of about 5 million subscribers, mm-hmm. and... The majority report looked like it had about one and a half million. Yeah. Okay. So definitely smaller. But in today's world where PewDiePie and (laughs) T-Series have like 100 million subscribers, not really that big of a difference. I mean, honestly, PewDiePie having that many subscribers is just kind of a meme at this point. Right. I don't don't think that many people actually watch him. It's just like one of those things. Um, just, Just for comparison's sake, here are some other channels that have okay. roughly that same amount of subscribers. Okay. Doug DeMuro, the car guy. Mm-hmm. Um, first we feast. Yes. Um, Anthony Fantano, of course. Red Letter Media. Pittsburgh Dad. <laughs> okay. I mean... Are those guys too too small for Steven Crowder? Well, also? The, the, I think the argument was that people think that he doesn't want to debate Sam Cedar because he thinks he's too intelligent, or that he won't do well in a debate with him. He won't. The the argument that he was doing, he was saying after the whole incident with Sam Cedar was like, this guy goes out and he interviews or he debates with like college students at college campuses who don't know anything about politics. Mm-hmm. And he generally tends to like to debate people who aren't as intelligent or perceived as intelligent as he is. Um, but I, I think the the sad thing about this whole situation is that I don't feel like it accomplished anything. It didn't. Because you, you still have the people who are going to simp for Ethan every day of the week and the people that are going to simp for Steven Crowder every day of the week. Right. And the divide continues. And people like me who didn't even hear about it at all. So it didn't, exactly. it didn't register at the grand scale. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of civil discourse, and I don't right. think that Steven Crowder or Ethan are, you know, proponents of civil discourse. No, Steven Crowder is a proponent of I'm going to invite you on my show and then tell you how I feel and then play wacky sound effects when you try to debate me. Correct. And Ethan is a proponent of. I'm going to invite you on my show and then pretend to be Howard Stern <laughs> and make fun of you for fucking a tailpipe. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's old Ethan, I think. That was a I I really honestly think he has improved. Real quick, we got to interrupt with um Hollywood Watch. Hollywood Watch. So it's love at first sight. I'm oh, shutting man. your butt down. <laughs> okay. Not to be confused with Father of All Watch. <laughs> Can never confuse the two. Um, which, shout out, happy Father's Day to Father of All, your you, favorite You sent Greek it to me a album. minute after midnight, so uh, you, you were a little late there. I was well, expecting better. You know. So, there's a new franchise that's getting launched out in Hollywood. Okay. Would you like to take a guess what it is? 
a new franchise? Yes. It's based on a famous toy line. Uh, you mean He-Man Masters of the Universe? No. You mean famous toy line? Probably not famous to us because we're a, not you young women, but, you know, a, chi- young girls. It's a... I don't know. What is it? Do you remember uh, Polly Pocket? Don't trust these thoughts. We're getting a Polly Pocket series reboot. or We're or, getting a Polly Pocket film written by Lena Dunham. All right, then. And starring uh, Lily Collins. I, I have a little challenge for you is that when you go, anytime you go to a movie theater these days, how many, how many times can you find a movie that is an original property and not a remake, reboot, or a sequel of some sort? It's very, so, very infrequent. She, uh, Lily Collins says, as a child who was obsessed with Polly Pocket, this is a real dream come true, and I can't wait to bring these tiny toys to the big screen. Why can't, why can't people just be honest with us and tell us what the real thing was? They paid me a lot of money. (laughs) Why was the Sanic movie made? Money. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, no actor will ever have my respect more than Michael Caine. Do you know what Michael Caine said about Jaws the Revenge? What's that? He said, I've never seen it. By all accounts, it was terrible. But I have seen the house that it bought me, and it's very nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Hollywood has always been like that. They're they're built on regurgitating the same story, which society has done for thousands of years. Um, But Hollywood is reaching... But are they reaching new levels of low? Because if Lena, you look Lena Dunham on her Polly Pocket film, I'm so thrilled to bring to bear both my love of this historic property and also my deep-seated belief that young women need smart, playful films that speak to them without condensation. Condescension. Did her lawyer write that, or uh, was it her PR person, or uh, you know, some sort of? Firm? What in the world is this going to do? You for- sound like a robot. <laughs> Moving on. Yes, I don't. Moving even, on. I don't even know what to say anymore with these. Transformers Seven is I'm coming out even, too. I'm not even phased anymore. It's just like I, I'm not going to watch it. It's it's fine. You know, we want to make Transformers Twelve. That's 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 good on you. Um, that Armageddon sequel coming soon, and I, we hope so. I would love an Armageddon sequel. Yeah. Um. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, Anthony Ramos is playing. Uh, the lead character in Transformers 7. You may know him as the friend from um, the, the, the the gay friend from uh, Star is Born. I've never seen Star is Born, so I wouldn't know. Well, well, you may know him as the lead character from the new In the Heights movie. No. Which I ha- no. also have not seen. Any any movie these days, I just assume that the, the supporting actor is going to be one of the one of the Wolf Brothers... Mm-hmm. Uh, Timothy Chalamet, yeah, or um, that one guy from those commercials that are all the time, Anthony Anderson. What is that? What his name is? Anthony Anderson. Anthony Anderson. No, he's like old guy. He's yeah. an old comedian. Oh, no. What, what's that guy's name? That, never mind. Anyway, I don't know. Um, but I mean, come on. Yeah, it's, it's disappointing. Just, it's not what you want. It's not what you want. You, this no. Who asked for this? Nobody did. <laughs> a, a live action Polly Pocket, a Transformers Seven. Who asked for this? I, I still can't get over uh, the Mortal Kombat, the movie, the game. That's still my favorite property of all time. <laughs> now, 
Is it as good as Peter Jackson's King Kong, the official game of the movie for PlayStation 3? <laughs> the greatest HD DVD of all time. <laughs> I was I was looking into some HD DVD stuff the other day. There was this great video um, by a gentleman. He does a channel called Stop Skeletons from Fighting. Okay. Formerly known as the Happy Video Game Nerd back in the day. Um, Wait, so there's an angry video game nerd and a happy video It was a parody that became a thing. And oh. he since dropped the the moniker because it's kind of cheesy and he does his own right. thing he makes great videos now he does a lot of uh weird gaming things but he was talking about how hd dvd kind of never became a thing and how blu-ray always you know kind of took over because they took over all these like the four or five companies that own all the movies they kind of just went to blu-ray immediately well here's the thing like blu-ray always had the advantage because it was made by Sony, so it always had yeah. one of the six major studios in its back pocket. The The PlayStation 3 was a failure for the most part, but what it did do well was it included a Blu-ray drive, which is what made the PS2 become a really successful uh, console. I think Blu-ray came around, unfortunately, a little too late, or it just didn't, it doesn't have the same level of like, a, a, like what do you call it? Mm-hmm. It didn't have the same adoption uh, rate as I think DVD did because right. it was such a significant jump from you know the low quality VHS to 480p that was like a big deal right um, whereas 480 to 1080 yeah unless you're watching close by you don't really notice mm-hmm. and I don't really the thing about it is like a lot of people owned a PS2 because it had a DVD player I don't know anybody who owned a PS3 solely for it to be a blu-ray player nope um, I'm probably the last I mean, person in were, the world who were, owns an Xbox because it has a Blu-ray player. There were people who bought play PS3s partly because it was a Blu-ray player. Like that yeah. was a bonus in buying it, mm-hmm. but I don't think anybody bought it for that reason. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I obviously bought it to just play the show because I, it got to the point where they stopped releasing the show on PS2. So, so Hollywood Watch... Uh, number two, okay. da- uh, Damien Chazelle, you know, Ooh. first man, La La mm-hmm. Land, Whiplash. He's making a new movie called Babylon. What's it about? Uh, let's see, because I know nothing about this. Um, set in the late 1920s during the movie industry's transition from silent films to talkies, Babylon explores the rise and fall of multiple characters. Around town, the project has been described as the Great Gatsby on steroids. So okay. Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie were in it already. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have added Olivia Wilde, Spike Jones. Mm. So Spike Jones is acting again. Yeah. Toby Maguire. Toby um, McGuire coming out of coming out of retirement. Yeah. Ooh. Must be Catherine Waterston, Max Minghella, Samara Weaving, Eric Roberts, our boy. <laughs> Master Thespian Eric Roberts. And uh last but not least, Flea of Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm, I know you're a big fan. I'm I love Flea. The thing about Damien Chazelle is that I, I heard somewhere once that if you ever are even nominated for an Oscar, mm-hmm. you will forever get work. If you win or are nominated for multiple Oscars, you can basically have carte blanche in Hollywood for the rest of your life. Right. And I think Damien Chazelle is on that trajectory. I think so. You know. As he should be, you know. Yeah, he's a great, great director. I mean, a lot of people give him criticism because La La Land was very, like, you know, whitewashing of of, uh, Hollywood and, you know, that kind of culture. 
Does Flea have the best acting resume of all time? I don't know any of Flea's movies, so I couldn't tell you. So he has been in The Outsiders. So as, as I read through... The original? You know, yes. The, the, he the was classic? An, he was an extra in The Outsiders. Oh, okay. So, but... So just, he's like Ron Jeremy being in Ghostbusters. Yes. But like, <laughs> as I read through these, just picture in your head the filmmakers that this guy has worked with. Okay, so the, Coppola. The Outsiders. Um... Less Than Zero, which doesn't sound like anything interesting, but he got to hang out with Robert Downey Jr., a young Brad Pitt, James Spader. Okay. So pretty uh, pretty solid group of people there. Back to the Future 2 and 3. So he got some Zemeckis in there. Was some he, Zemeckis was he any, was and he an Spielberg. Extra? No, he had a real character. Really? He played Needles. Who's Needles? Uh, Marty's rival. Marty's rival. To be honest, I've never I've seen I've never seen part three and I've only seen part two once. So I don't I don't ever remember I watched part three, I enjoyed it, but part two I just don't remember at all. Um he was in my own private Idaho. So he's got some Gus Van Sant in his blood. Yeah. The big Lebowski. He's got some Cohen brothers in his blood. He's he's doing well. Fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Oh, he's got some Terry Gilliam in his blood. Psycho, the remake, of course. He's got more Gus Van Sant in his blood. Favorite topic on this show, oh, Psycho yes. Remake. The Wild Thornberry, so some Nickelodeon for you. Okay. Multifaceted this man is. Inside Out and Toy Story 4. Okay. Baby Driver. Pass. <laughs> Baby Driver's great. We don't like to support Kevin Spacey in this household. We do like to support Edgar Wright in this household. We do. Uh, and then finally, Song to Song, which I know you have no idea what it is, but it's a... It's with... Uh, Terrence Malick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's not good. I've seen it, but mm. he, he's in it. Yeah. Is that... Does he have the most impressive acting resume of all time? I feel like it's got to be... I mean, Eric Roberts has been in literally thousands of films, I imagine. <laughs> right. But Flea has been in like 20... And he's been with like all these great directors. Yeah. So it's it's a pretty good so you're saying somebody who's had a really good resume. And he's not an actor. And not something that's artificial like uh uh Daniel Day Lewis only working when he wants to. Right. He's not an actor. Yeah. He just takes parts mm -hmm. and this is what is somehow offered. To Spike him. Jones is sort of on that level, I'd imagine. Yeah, Spike Jones is another one that He's out there. You know, three kings and He's been, he was in Wolf of Wall Street and mm -hmm. Moneyball in the same year. And Jackass, of course. Yeah, Jackass. A big fan. You know they're making Jackass 4 as we speak. They are, really. Yeah, Bam is not going to be a part of it, obviously, because he's uh, you know going through some stuff. Yeah, Ryan hear, Dunn is not going to be a part of it either. Obviously. <laughs> uh, don't be insensitive. What a dark um, joke. They um, would, he would think that's funny. Do you remember the Bam Margera, Roger Ebert feud from back in the day? Yes. That that's immediately when I think of Ryan Dunn, that's the only thing I can think of is how him how Bam Margera and fucking Roger Ebert had a little spiff because Roger decided to make some stupid comment. Wait a minute, Toby Maguire is also producing this new Ooh, film. We like we like producer roles from uh one Toby Toby J. Maguire. Just think when this inevitably wins the Oscar because it's a movie about movies and Hollywood yes. loves that shit and they're going to feel bad for Damien Chazelle because he lost La La Land. They're going to give it to him. That's a great theory. We might want to put some money on that in the future. Um, Toby Maguire is going to have a Best Picture Oscar. Just think mm. about that. If he wins. Well, they're winning. Babel, this movie is going to win the Oscar. You know it is. 
It sounds like something it's, that would win an Oscar. It's he, literally third, fourth time's a charm. It's literally the artist. Yeah, <laughs> like and it's and, and it just sounds like a best picture movie. So I mean, hats off to Damien Chazelle. We love you, Damien. You make great movies. I wonder if there's any other Hollywood news that we can discuss, as we are both ostensibly filmmakers yes and we have we have to have opinions on this sort of i am starting to get my uh my concepts together for this documentary i've talked about many a times Mm -hmm. the uh, famous brinks robbery in nanuet in the 1980s i'm trying my best right now to get some uh, connects together to make that film for Um, some reason fairy tale picks is listed to me under suggestions on imdb you actually have an imdb account Yes, and for some reason, not only is fairy tale picks recommended to me, but the first one on the list is Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Are you a Potter fan? That's not a fairy tale. I mean, it kind of is. What is fairy tale about it? Where's the princess? Where's the tall? Well, there is a tall tower. Where's there is. The- Maybe it is. Maybe Harry Potter is a fairy tale. I mean, the fairy tales don't always have to have a princess. I can have a, you know, could be fucking Jack and the Beanstalk. <laughs> You know what? Maybe I'm wrong. Hmm. Okay. Babylon. BuzzFeed to become an M&A machine. A who? I don't know. There's not a lot of news going on in Hollywood right now. No. Who, who's the person that got canceled this week? Harrison Ford injured while filming Indiana Jones 5. Like, Why is this still <laughs> happening? Um, Why? Money. <laughs> I don't mind when they like milk a franchise to the end. I mean, I do, but if they are going to do it, at least do it, you know, where they're introducing some sort of new Indiana Jones. Like Shia LaBeouf was ready to go. He could have been the new Indiana Jones. It could have saved his career. I mean, you you know, it's a slow news week when one of the top news stories on IMDb is, is there a new episode of Bill Maher's real time airing this week? <laughs> Question mark. Yes, it's a fucking weekly show. There's a new episode airing. Well, you, you gotta ask. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you're just becoming a Bill fan. Oh, um, I wanted to bring this up. Speaking of, this comes from the rap, so I'm gonna okay. try to find it. Because there, there was a, a, a article on the rap that I wanted to bring up lately. Can we just talk for a second about how a week ago Harvey Weinstein was told that he was going to be extradited to California? I like making movies about yes. underdogs. Where's he at now? He's at Rikers. I guess so. Is he? Are they following through with this? Is he going to? Yeah, get I believe he's. I don't. When I think of extradited, I don't think like in the country. I think of like you're getting extradited from. Right. I think of from Roman, another country. Roman Polanski getting extradited yeah. to America, which will of course never happen. Yeah. But. I mean, you never know. Maybe he'll be like 90 and he'll, you know, like those Nazi people who get convicted when they're like 95. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, but you know, what a what a fall from grace that was. I mean, I know it's been talked to death, but like his health has just declined. I don't know if he's just faking it or if he's just actually like that <laughs> distraught. But, um, you know, that was uh, it's good to see that he's getting convicted because he's an asshole. Fuck right. Him. Um, but that's that's obviously a very you know common opinion. But um, I I think I'm done for the evening. I don't have any more pressing topics on my mind unless you have something on your mind. 
Um, I was looking for this thing, but I just have no idea where to find it. Well, I guess we'll have to uh, we'll have to come back to it at a later date. It was just really, really badly. Re- it was it was basically about. Um, it was another thing that I saw on the IMDb trending yeah. news page, and it was basically just about like um different you know instances of like basically about white people playing Asian characters. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they like they had the picture of like Emma Stone and that fucking Cameron Crowe movie. And then like Mr. Yudioshi, like the Mickey, <laughs> Mickey Rooney character. Yeah. Um, but it just blew my mind because the, the death of journalism in this country is so fucking apparent because the first line is like, this has been a trend for a long time and it continues to happen. And the most recent example they cite in the list is the fucking Emma Stone one from like seven years ago. Yeah. So does it continue to happen? Maybe. I don't know enough about Asian roles in the industry to comment on that. But I, I think it's become it, it's just become when, like, oh, we're trying sort but of a thing. That's the my point. When the when the most recent example you can come up with of this grave injustice is seven years ago, then you can't start the article with it's continuing to happen on a regular basis because it's not continuing to happen on a regular basis. It's just plainly not. We are definitely getting better when it comes to inclusiveness right. in, in film. Which is what you want. But I feel like you're doing a disservice to what you're trying to support or allegedly trying to support by having like, you know, you're like, we have to put this certain character in the movie because we need a number of black. I think I feel like that's contributing to the problem by doing that. It's almost well, it's sort of like um I heard I heard this great quote one time that was like positive discrimination is still discrimination. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because the the idea, the people the people who are doing this like stuff mean well. I don't want to say woke stuff because I feel like that's yeah. a, a hot button I, word. I, I, that ha- stuff I think I have a way to, to explain it. it. I think I have a way. So when people say, oh, we have to have a black character in this film, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we put a black character. Look, we have a black character in the film. But they still fall under those same tropes that they... Like the black character is still a criminal or he's still, you know... He still talks with that jive or he talks yeah, like, you know... You know, it's it's still... It's not a fully fleshed out character. I feel like when we, the- get, we get a film where the character is fleshed out, like, you know... I think... What was that movie called? Um... The one, uh, sorry for bothering you. Sorry to bother you. Great that movie. One, yeah. Get out. You know yeah. things where there's actually a, a well developed black character. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. surprise, surprise, directed by black people. Of course. You know, who would have thought that someone from the culture would understand better <laughs> how to portray it? I mean, I'm sure it's been done, but I. You oh, know. well-rounded black characters written by white people. Of totally. course, it's been done. Yeah. You know, I was just watching Jerry Maguire the other night. Rod Tidwell is a great character. Mm-hmm. Cameron Crowe isn't black. Yeah. But, you know, it's, it's here, here's, here's, you see this a lot in music. You'll see like, there's, there will be like the, um, the, the, the award, the music award, and then the women in music award. Mm. And I feel like that's, you know, I'm again saying this as a, 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 as a guy, you know, so, take my opinion with a grain of salt if you're one of those types but you know 
I feel like that isn't that just as patronizing because that's yes. still yes. coming from a discriminatory place. That's still assuming that the default is male. It, it almost seems like it's if like if you have the awards and then the black award, you're yeah. still assuming that the default is white. Like you're still being just as racist. I feel like there, there you should be educated all around, mm -hmm. which is why having like shouldn't we want everybody to compete in the same category? Mm -hmm. you yeah, know? definitely. It, I mean, there are times when you should separate men and women in, in like sports and things like that because you have, you know, actual physical differences. Yeah, physical differences. I was thinking about that on the way here. Like hmm, this, uh, this Sabrina, the the player on the Liberty. You know, that really good basketball player. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, like, why couldn't a person like that be in the NBA where she has a lot bigger of a platform? But then I think we have an all male league. Like it might be dangerous for a female player to be on an uh, an all male team. You know. That's just the initial thought I had of the situation. There's a lot of, it's kind of a loaded question. Um, it definitely couldn't happen in baseball based on their history of, uh, of problems in that department. Right. I mean, like, here's the thing. Like, Becky Hammond is up for a coaching job right now. Mm -hmm. You know, the Spurs assistant. She's up for a coach. I think for the Kings, where she could be like the first woman head coach or yeah. whatever. And you know if she that if that happens to her, more power to her. But if you go back to like, I assume she would have played in the '90s and like the 2000s. Yeah, well, we, like WNBA has only been around since like '94. Like, like that. Becky Hammond could beat me one on one in basketball. Yeah. But call me a sexist if you want, people. I don't think Becky Hammond could beat most NBA players one on one. You never know. We'll never know because we don't we, see it. We'll never know because we don't see it, but I just don't think that would happen. There's actual physical size and, and speed I, and I all hear you. those things differences I, between I think a, a there, man and a woman. There could be outliers. I just think there could be. There could be outliers, but when everybody is in this, the group is an outlier already. Mm. That's what I feel like a lot of people miss about these because you know I'm I've done athletics before. You know, I, I, I know about this world. I've, I'm, I am an athlete. I've been in athletic competitions. I've been involved in sports basically my whole life. And I feel like what people forget is that, you know, Brianna Stewart and Stephanie Dolson and a lot of these women, uh, basketball players, just women athletes in general, Serena Williams, you know, whoever tennis is different. Tennis is different because, but like these team sports, you know, like yeah, basketball, physical, or, physical body sports, right? You have to, you know, like, are they better at? Would they beat me? You know, you yes, that? I do hear that. It's gone now. Okay. Um, would they like? Would they beat me? Yes. Would they beat the average person? Because people always say that. Yeah, they're an exceptional person. But when so they could do it, but when everybody at that level is already an exceptional person, like nobody, no scrub, no Joe Smo just gets to the NBA by accident. No. You have to be an exceptional uh, athlete already to get there. And what I I think when you take, I think you can have a conversation about men and women can both be exceptional athletes, while also saying that. It's two different levels of athletic yeah. ability. Mm -hmm. You know, I think you can have both of those things be true at the same time. I've, I don't think I, I actually I should rephrase that. I don't think you can have both of those things 
true at the same time. I know you can have both of those things too at true at the same time because I lived it for years. I lived it. I would go to cross country races. I would go to track events. I would go to baseball game. Baseball's different sport, but I would go to cross country and track. You see it firsthand because you're literally doing the same thing. And the fastest men's times are always faster than the fastest woman's times. It just is the way it is. Yeah, It's the way human beings have evolved. It's the way physically our bodies are set up. You're, you're trying to compete against evolution, basically. If you run people together in the same heat, the man is pretty much all, a man is pretty much always going to win. It yeah. just is what it is. Could could the fastest woman in the world, could someone like Mary Kane or Caitlin Tuohy, who are like exceptional female American runners, could they beat me in a race? Yes. Could they beat Usain Bolt in a race? Could they, well, like more of a one on one comparison to like distance people. Could Caitlin Tuohy beat me? Yes. Could she beat Drew Fisher? No. Could she beat, could she beat you? Yes. Could she beat Matthew Centrowitz? No, probably not. You know what I mean? I hear you. I understand. I guess it's just like one of those really sort of controversial opinions. It's a hard, it's, it's a hot button issue. And it's one of those things where you're, you're really walking on eggshells by yeah. having an opinion because it's such a hot button issue. But I don't think this is controversial. I don't think it's an opinion. It's a fact. Mm -hmm. I've seen it myself many, many times. It's, And I think it's one of those things that we all kind of know is true, but we don't want to say it. And you should be able to say that without any sort of fear of repercussion because that's your opinion. You should be able right. to have a viewpoint on it. And we, sh we should be able to also have discourse with a female athlete and they could, you know. I would love to. To have a, a, I would love a civil to. discourse is what we need in society. I would love to. And if you can find me statistics that prove me wrong, I am have no problem changing my mm -hmm. opinion, but this is this is based on what I've seen, yeah, and extrapolating it out. I, to I think it also makes of... it fair if you separate the two leagues, like they can be their own thing. Mm -hmm. I do think that there needs to be more, you know, what's the word? More support of the WNBA, for an example, because I think they are a league that could be a lot bigger than it is, and that just speaks to society not wanting to embrace them like they embrace the nba but also you need a but lot that's 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 reflective of both men and women's yeah. personal taste like mm -hmm. if you pull when when they go out and pull people i remember this happening when like there was the 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 payment controversy mm -hmm. like if you when they did polls of of basketball fans met both men and women said that they prefer watching the nba you know there were fewer women who said it than men but we're talking about like 99 percent of men prefer watching the nba yeah. versus 95 percent of women mm -hmm. like there were less women yeah but it's still the overwhelming majority yeah so that's i i would love to see women's professional sports get bigger also but i just don't know that that's where we're at as a society we still have a, also, a long way is, to go it is a relatively you know we've we've definitely come a long way when it comes to women's rights obviously in the last you know even 30 50 years uh -huh. but the WNBA is a very young league right there's as still far as how long it's been around 
So there's still a lot of room to grow. When yeah. In in a hundred years, we could be having a totally different conversation. You, you can't you can't pay a WNBA player the same you pay LeBron James because there's just not enough. I don't feel like there's just not enough money in the league at the moment. There isn't. I mean, if you're getting if if you have a New York Nick game where twenty thousand people are paying to go mm-hmm. versus a New York Liberty game where two thousand people are paying to go, and I'm dis- sorry, it's disappointing. I wish it was different. But. It is, and but that's the thing. Like we could be having a different conversation in a hundred years, but we have to get to. The, there's no shortcut to get to that point. Yeah. Like solve, just taking money out of. NBA players' pockets to fund WNBA players is not going to solve the problem. It would probably actually make it worse because you would end up with jealousy from the NBA players. You would end up with animosity from them because they're not getting their fair share. Yeah, And then then you run the risk of the WNBA completely going under Mm -hmm. because... So the the point I'm trying to make is you don't want to fly too close to the sun with this. You... If if it's going to ever get to that point where women professional basketball players are making the same as men, and there and maybe there is a major league softball, and maybe there is mm-hmm. a professional women's hockey and things like that, if it's ever going to get to that point, it has to happen organically. I think. Yeah. You there's no, you know, we, there's no shortcut I to mean, success. The NHL can barely hold itself up, and that you want to have a women's professional hockey league. Well, the NHL is not doing anywhere near as financially badly as some people make it out to be. Yeah. It's I mean, not they're successful. They're they they're, Canada. They're very successful, even in the United States. I mean, Nashville, where I'm considering moving to, is a huge hockey market. They Pittsburgh love loves the, the Penguins. They love the Penguins. People love the Rangers, Islanders, and Devils. Everybody here. loves the the Columbus Blue Jackets, whatever they're called. No, they don't. Yeah, they, they do. No, nobody cares out there. I love them. I was just out in Ohio. Nobody gives a fuck. <laughs> I I, um, I support them wholeheartedly. Uh, but th- there's a huge amount of hockey support. There's just it's more of a niche sport than the f- yeah. We we talk about the four majors. It's really the three majors and then the the one mid major and then everything else. Mm-hmm. Like the NHL isn't niche enough to like where it's the WNBA level or like NASCAR, IndyCar level where you know people. It's kind of often the the often its own bubble. It's not yeah. like that, but it's not at the level of the other three. Yeah, and I think it's great that we're seeing players, specifically in the WNBA, like Sabrina I, she's like, you know, becoming like the first person to do like multiple triple doubles in mm-hmm. the in the WNBA because I guess it's not as common. Right. And, you know, it's going to take players like her that are going to really, you know, individual athletes are what make a sport, right? Right. You know, you got to have athletes that are going to... You got to have somebody who has that star power. Exactly. That's part of why baseball is suffering, because mm-hmm. they don't have anybody who's a star right now. Mike well, Trout... Mike is, Trout plays for the, the Angels. Well, Mike Trout is an amazing, amazing player, but I, I've never got the impression that Mike Trout is a star. I, yeah. Even with taking the Angels part out of it, I, I don't think Mike Trout has the charisma of someone like Barry Bonds or Derek Jeter. I've never gotten that vibe from him. He seems like a guy who just wants to play baseball and go home. I mean, Derek Jeter was kind of like that, but, but he had a little more star Derek power. Derek Jeter had star power. Yeah. Alex Rodriguez, Ken Griffey Jr. Mike Trout isn't that guy. You know, I think we're... 
I think we're in a world now where where that's changing. Like I, I look at Vlad Jr. and Tatis mm-hmm. Jr. and Tim Anderson and guys like that, and I think they all have the potential to become that. Traditional but. baseball fans are the ones that are shooting the league in the foot themselves by trying to keep all this traditionalist bullshit in that's, the game. That's that's a whole nother a whole nother argument in and of itself. Yes. Right. <laughs> but my baseball's it, it, when WNBA gets its first star. You know, when it gets its Bill Russell and Bob Cousy that really helped yeah. the league break out, then that's when you'll start to see things change. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be an incremental change, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah. There's no shame in building something from the ground up organically over time. We also have to remember that the best player in the history of the WNBA is still playing. Right. So, am I correct? I don't know. Subert is still playing, correct? I don't know. Anyway, but... But... You know, you, you, we're making progress. Here's the thing. Progress Hon- takes honestly, time. <laughs> honestly, it's pro- it, it probably is even better that it, if for it to happen organically. Imagine in a hundred years, what is going to look better for the the outlook of your business? Do you want to say we spent a long time grinding and we we paid our dues and we came from the bottom up to the top, or do you want to mm-hmm. say we started at the bottom and then? we're mad that we were at the bottom and got a handout from <laughs> yeah. somebody else. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. which one, which one looks sounds better, which one reflects better on you. And let's be honest to go back to our conversation about all these, you know, these news people and all these companies, they don't give a shit about any of this. No, they just want to make money. Exactly. So it is up to the public and the people in the league to work hard enough to be able to, express themselves independently definitely because relying on corporations is not going to get you anywhere support your local chapter of the uh of the rotary support it you bastards yes um thank you for listening to children's programming on that happy note um it is time to say goodbye yes uh i love you all this has been nicholas j parodies alongside my wonderful co-host matthew bartholomew thomas edison jefferson dixon it's just another turning point a fork stuck in the road (laughs) thank you for listening children you can find us at children's programming on instagram chi programming on twitter at nick parodies on all social medias at blu zodiac pictures wherever you find your uh your uh, social medias and uh good evening Good luck and goodbye. See you, gangsters. <laughs>